So all these things, all these announcements, uh, they're good opportunities. Um, but what we each choose to do, it matters, but that's not what matters most. If you could say yes to all of these things, um, and, and that's not what matters most. What matters most is who we are becoming. So there's always this temptation, I know in my own heart, there's a temptation to measure myself as an individual and even measure like my small group or our, our church as to what we do, what we're able to accomplish. For example, it might look like this in your life. Uh, I know I'm doing a lot, therefore I'm valuable. Or other people really value my contributions, so I'm doing well. Or I'm doing well because I see progress. I was once here, now I'm there. The building was once here, now it's there. I see progress, therefore I'm successful. Or because people appreciate me and like me, uh, I- I'm doing well. And, and most of us, we don't normally say those thoughts out loud, but we often live out of that type of a mindset. And so I just want to remind us all that God is a lot more interested in who we're becoming than what we do. So don't hear announcements, don't hear invitations as, oh, well, I ought to or I should, otherwise I'm not doing well. But hear them as invitations into training, whether it's training in your finances, training in your walk with God in small group. Um, Don't hear them as things that you have to do, but things that you get to participate in if you're able and willing. And so one of the most encouraging parts for me, uh, being a part of this church family the last two and a half years, is how many people serve, like in various capacities. Uh, There's Sunday morning kids that need invested in. There's sound and music that uh, takes time and effort and energy to do well. And and people come here every week to clean. Um, And so those are just a few ways that we serve. And often in churches, there's this like 20-80 principle. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Uh, we're like the opposite. We're, we're like 70% of the people are contributing in some way in serving. So I say all that to just commend you all. Like, I appreciate you. And uh, I, I believe that it's evidence of Christ and his activity in your life that you're willing to intentionally serve those around you. Um, and, and I want to remind you, I said this last week, that if there was one thing that I would want and and ask everyone in our church to do it's simply this spend intentional time with jesus like plan to get time alone with him on purpose so so we're taking january to just kind of simply remind ourselves that the very best thing we can do in our formation like who we're becoming is to seek god and not just asking things from him, but just to seek him as a person, himself. So Psalm 27.4 talks about this, and the, the psalmist says it this way. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And so the one thing, the one ask of the psalmist is simply this. I just want to spend all of my life enjoying God's presence, living in the presence of God. 
And so if that's true of us as well, then, then we would make time to simply be with God. And we started this series last week, and I want to review uh, the overview that I gave last week using a, a picture. So if you were here last week, this is new to you, um, but you kind of heard the overview. Uh, th- these are the elements needed for a fire. Here, here's our picture. Oxygen, heat, fuel. You need all these elements for a fire. Otherwise, you're not going to have a fire. Um, And if you want your relationship with God to be as vibrant and as strong as possible, there are three elements that I believe are needed. Now, it's not a perfect analogy because you can have relationship with God without having these three elements. All it takes is repentance and trust for you to start a relationship with God. But if if you want to keep that relationship going and growing, um, you need community, prayer, and scripture. And you need to keep these things up in your life. So, so when I talk about intentionally getting time with God, um, these are all part of that picture. And we're going to spend the next four weeks, uh, including today, looking at these four aspects of uh, keeping the fire of our relationship with God going and growing. So today... Today, we're just going to look at scripture. We're going to look at the fuel. And uh, as we do, we're going to see what scripture does in our intentional pursuit of relationship with God. So let's pray together. King Jesus, uh, you're the master teacher. Not me or anybody else. And you said that your people will be taught by you. So open up our eyes and our ears to hear from you this morning. I pray that anything I say that's not from you would be forgotten or not even heard. Thank you that learning from you is not just information, but it always is life transformation. Lives changed for the better, becoming, becoming more and more like you. So help us in our time today in your word. Amen. Have you ever had someone just kind of like tune you out while you're talking to them? You can tell like their eyes are starting to glaze over. Um, (laughs) uh, And and, and you like ask them questions or you say, isn't that terrible? And they're like, "Uh, yeah. Isn't that funny? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Their answers aren't really like in line with, what you're saying or what you're asking. Uh, You tell a good joke and they don't even smile. They're just like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, a healthy relationship is like a two-way street. It's not a monologue where one person just goes on and on and on. It's a dialogue. It's it's back and forth. It's it's listening and it's talking. And uh, our relationship with God is the same way. There should be listening and there should be responding. And so I want you to think about Scripture as, and and this is a generalization, but I want you to think about Scripture as a time of listening to God. But at the same time, recognize that in a healthy relationship, it's going to be kind of a back and forth. So when you sit down to spend intentional time with God in his word, you're not just like, okay, I have to sit down and hear God ramble. (laughs) And then, Okay, I, I heard him and I, I got that done. But you're, you're listening and, and you're engaging 
in, in conversation, if you will, with him. So I, I just want to start, as we talk about the Bible today, I just want to start by saying the Bible is a hard book to read. Amen? Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not alone there. It is a book filled with different cultures. The cultures, there, there are many different cultures in the Old Testament alone. There's different culture between the New Testament and our culture. Um, different time periods, different people, uh, different types and styles of literature. So you can't, you shouldn't read the Psalms and like Song of Solomon like you do the Proverbs or like the Gospels. There's all these different literatures and you just can't read them the same way because they're different in just literary style. And, and there's also all these misconceptions when we come to the Bible. Like, and these misconceptions, at least for me and for many that I've known, they make it hard to know what does success look like in spending time with God by reading the Bible. So one misconception is I don't really feel anything and therefore I'm doing something wrong. I'm missing something. And that's, that's just not true necessarily. It takes time for our hearts to follow our investment. And what I mean by that is you might not feel something every time you read the Bible. But the more you read the Bible and the more you, you grasp what it's saying and what it means for your life, your feelings will follow often. Not all the time. But it's not bad to do something like read the Bible and to train and to not see immediate tangible felt results. So, so that's just a misconception. I don't feel anything, so I'm doing something wrong. Another misconception is the more you read, the better. There's all these people who've read through the Bible, memorized large chunks of the Bible, and that's awesome. Like, that's great, but that's not the goal. We can easily hear that and compare ourselves to them and think, man, they're just so much better than me. They know so much more about the Bible than I do. But the reality is, and the Bible says this multiple times, God would rather have you have your character shaped by one verse than for all of the verses of scripture to flash before your eyes. He wants to shape who we are on the inside by our time with him and not just flash a lot of words before our eyes. So it's not necessarily true that the more you know or the more you read, the better off you are. And we're going to see that later in this time with the Pharisees. They knew a lot, okay? They read a lot, but they weren't better off for it. And then another misconception is knowing about the Bible is kind of good or impressive or the goal. And you could, you, it, it kind of goes the other way too. I've often heard people say, well, I don't know that much. And so um, I just want to say, and I've said this before, information alone never leads to transformation. And the goal of the Bible is life change. That is God's goal in writing uh, to the original audience and for us as well. So all that to say, the Bible is a hard book, but hard doesn't necessarily mean bad. Hard just means hard, okay? And it's okay to struggle. It's okay to admit it's hard. It's not okay to quit just because something's hard. So I want to give three benefits. There's so many more, but I just want to look at three benefits of scripture in our walk with God during our time to, together it, with the hope, with the intention that if we see the benefit, we can see past the difficulty of sitting down and understanding it today. If we see the benefit, we'll have a vision, a vision for why we do this and it's not just something that we have to do. So 
here's our first benefit of Scripture. It comes out of Psalm 1, that Scripture and spending time with God in Scripture is, is a source of blessing. You're better off for doing it, is what that word means. It's kind of a spiritual word, blessing. But it really just means happy, that you're well off. So Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on God's law day and night. So meditating is just like thinking about it over and over, and over and over, and over and over. So that person is blessed. The person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So He's saying the person who delights in God's law, always keeping it before them, that person is truly well off. And, and I would say don't expect your kind of happiness out of this, but expect God's kind of happiness. That is the kind of well-offness, if you will, that is being offered when you meet with God and, and just kind of live with the God of Scripture. The second benefit I want us to look at today is that scripture is useful. Paul writes to Timothy and he says all scripture is God-breathed, meaning it's from God, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it's useful for the ultimate purpose of being ready for every good work. If, if you looked at scripture as useful to do anything good, then you would be in it because you would need its usefulness. Because without it, without, without abiding in Christ, the Bible's clear, we can do no good. So that means that everything, it doesn't matter where you're at in life. If you're a, a student, if you are a parent, if you're single, if you're married, if you think that what you're doing is good, Scripture has something useful for you wherever you're at. As an engineer, as a teacher, as a coach, as a businessman, when Scripture is rightly handled and received, you are more ready to do good work. So Scripture is useful, and that's a benefit that we receive from meeting with God in Scripture. And, and the third and final benefit that we'll consider today is that the scriptures point us to Jesus. So if like Dean prayed, you actually want God, you actually seek him with your life, then there is nothing quite like the Bible to answer that prayer, to find him and to enjoy him. So in John chapter five, Jesus is really confronting the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day, and he's, saying, he's confronting them because they didn't trust that Jesus was who he said he was. They were discrediting everything he did and everything he said because they didn't want to deal with the ramifications of Jesus being the Messiah. And here in John 5, Jesus said to them, to the religious leaders, you diligently study the scriptures. Because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So basically, these guys, they knew their Bible, but they did not know their God. Okay, They knew 
their Bible. They were teaching the scriptures to the people in those days, but they did not know their God. And so the blessing that we talked about in Psalm 1 and the usefulness of 2 Timothy, they all flow from relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, of God's law that we are to delight in. And relationship with Jesus is useful. That's some, if you take away nothing else, I just want you to think this week, whatever you're doing, as, as an electrician, as an engineer, as a mom, how is relationship with Jesus useful today, right now, for you? Because he is. It's just flat out practical to follow Jesus. And I'm not saying that's the only reason. It's, it's also true. <laughs> it's useful because it's true. But that's where blessing and usefulness lie, is in Christ. So let's look at some applications. Practically, how, how do you grow in listening to God? How do you grow in this aspect of your relationship? Well, let's, let's back up. How do you grow in a friendship? When someone that you are friends with isn't paying attention to you, uh, maybe you feel devalued, what would help you to reconnect with them and to grow in that relationship? Well, first of all, it would help if, if they repented, if you repented, if you guys acknowledged, hey, we, we're not on the same page. Um, and let's come together again. Let's turn away from the way we've been relating and relate like we had before. So th- that's a way, practically, if you refuse to come to Jesus in your quiet times, I'm not saying that not having a quiet time is sin, but I'm saying that refusing to come to Jesus, that's a worship issue. Okay, so just think about that in your life. Refusing to come to Jesus, it's a worship issue. So it always is helpful to repent. And then you take responsibility for the relationship. Your part. You take responsibility for your part of the relationship. So ask a new question. Get with him in a new context, a new way. And so I'm going to give you a bunch of examples how to engage the Bible in order to engage God. Um, And maybe some of these are new, maybe some of these are old and you need to dust them off just just for the freshness and the enjoyment of relationship. Because when I say, when I encourage you to read the Bible, if you're like me, you're thinking, I need to sit down and I'm probably gonna read it quietly and then my mind is gonna be distracted (laughs) and, and then I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be reading my Bible right now. But here are some new ways some hopefully fresh ways to intake scripture. Uh, Lectio Divina, um, this is a way of meditating on scripture. I'll I'll just give you one practice from Lectio Divina. If you read the gospel accounts, like Jesus healing a blind man, you would actually, as you read it, you'd picture yourself there. You'd picture yourself in the story. And you might ask questions like, "Who who do I really connect with? Who do I connect with in this story? So that, that's one way to engage God in scripture. Another way is praying the scripture. Pick a psalm and just pray through it. And you might be like, I, I'm not angry like the psalmist is right now. Like sometimes the psalmist is just irate. And 
you, you could be like, I don't feel that, but God, I feel this. And, and, and clearly, if you can listen to the psalmist and his anger, you can listen to me with what I'm feeling. So you kind of use the scripture as a template to guide your prayer. It's helpful for me to write out the scripture. It forces me to slow down and listen to each word. You can listen to it in an audio Bible, or you can just listen to yourself, read it out loud. You can memorize scripture. You can outline scripture. You can ask questions like, okay, what's going on? Why would this story, why would this passage be included in the Bible, and how should I respond? Um, There's all sorts of ways to engage scripture, and frankly, the most helpful one is to engage community and ask other people who you know, maybe in your small group or here on a Sunday morning, uh, what helps you to engage scripture? Because I want to keep it fresh. I want to stay consistent and not just go through the motions. So uh, I invited Andy Collins to come up. Andy, there you are. Um, And I just wanted him to share. You can come on up and maybe grab us a couple chairs. Uh, I just invited him to share how he has grown in his time with God uh, in the Bible. So, thanks, Dean. Oh, <laughs> maybe that chair. <laughs> All right. Can we use one of these mics? That's good. I was going to give him mine, but be a little complicated. Well, I'll just take the whole stand. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try. Spinning. Okay. All right, Andy. So I want you to just kind of share with us how you started having regular time with God. Uh, when did that happen, and how, how, how did that come about in your life? Definitely. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so how it really started was small group. Um, I joined a small group here at Orchard, um, and I saw I, and I met a lot of people that just love God, and you can see their relationship with God. Um, so that actually got me excited to build my relationship with God. So I kind of, I asked, I said, what? God, and I asked others, I said, what do I need to do? Um, what's kind of the first step? So really my first step that I came to was, was what you're talking about, reading the Bible. And so I tried to read it, so I'd open the Bible, try to read it. Tony or not, it was not easy, so I actually decided to take a little easier path. Um, I took the easier out there. I decided to listen to it. I have a decent drive to work, 25 minutes each way, and I said, you know what, right now I use that to contemplate work to do nothing, to listen to music. I have that time no matter what, every day I can use. Um, so I decided to listen to it. So I spent time starting off listening to it. I said, I must go Old Testament, New Testament, throughout the entire Bible. Uh, and I will tell you, even that got difficult at the beginning for sure. Uh, Old Testament can be a lot of genealogy. <laughs> so, But no, I, I powered through it. And what I found myself doing is actually I would get to work and I'd be disappointed because I'm like, darn it. I wanted to listen to more. Mm. So I'd sometimes sit in the parking lot for a few minutes being like, we'll just get one more, mm-hmm. one more section done. Um, so I, I kind of, that's where I started. Um, and then from there, after I finished re- listening to the entire book, um, I decided to start listening to other sermons. Um, 
just kind of praying. Um, now, it was still mainly in the car. I started working towards trying to do it more in the morning. It, maybe that's my, some of my next steps, still working towards that. Yeah. Um, but just I wanted to keep going of, and I actually decided to reread the New Testament again. So really, it's just the people I was with. They, yeah. they encouraged me, uh, all the small groups around here. There's so many people that love God and are really encouraging. So you mentioned the Old Testament being challenging at different points. Uh, what's been rewarding or what have you most enjoyed from starting this practice, if you will? Yep, definitely. Uh, I think the most rewarding thing has really just been this understanding. Because what it, it's done is, I mean, I, I've heard scripture and sermons, but it's really to get that entire picture, it's really been rewarding to see really who Jesus was. Um, and how our God loves us, and how what he, everything He's done for us. Um, so while yeah, it may have been challenging some of the Old Testament, it really gave you that perspective. And I don't think without that, for me personally, I would be able to grow within my walk because I want that overall picture of what's mm. going on to understand. <laughs> I mean, it also that we have great people right here to talk to. But I use the internet a lot. I would be like, what does this actually mean? Why do we care so much about this? I'd be like, Google, you know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> You might want to fact check Google sometimes. Sure. <laughs> but <laughs> you're right. No, it's good. But no, I I, uh, I I would I would ask questions, try to figure out what it means, and I I think that really just yeah, keep my relationship to just really enjoyable to uh, to have that new relationship and to really feel feel his love. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, anything else that you you wanted to share about? an area you're seeking to grow in? You kind of uh, answered all the other questions, yeah. but I, I just want to give you a, a last opportunity to yeah. share um, anything that you wanted to. Definitely. So seeking to grow, like what I talked about earlier, is I, I spent time, I started off in the car a lot, but really I've been trying to transition more to spending time where I can sit with my eyes closed in my room, just... Um, outside just spending more time really yeah. was going to be outside that time and also community um outside of necessarily spending time directly myself i think the community piece is one where i've been wanting to get more sure involved in because i think that's something if you read the bible there's a <laughs> lot of referring to community yeah um so that's one thing i've i've been working on cool and i want to grow in that's awesome well thanks let's give andy a hand for just coming up and sharing thank you that's all right Dean was joking about it being exactly the same way. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I, I wanted to ask Andy uh, next steps because that's, that's the truth for all of us. We're all in process. And uh, yeah, there's no... Uh, the, the end is when we die or when Jesus comes back, but our spiritual formation happens uh, between now and then. So the best plan, I hope you got this too from Andy, the best plan is the one that you'll actually do. You might have an ideal of, oh, I'd love for my quiet times to look like this every day, but if you're not gonna do it, it's not a good plan. And so just take the next step and keep after it. And so again, why should you read the Bible? Well, you'll be blessed, but then what? <laughs> It'll be useful, but then what? The, the real reason to read the Bible is not because you're supposed to. That's a quick recipe for self-righteousness.
So don't hear me say that. The, the reason, the best reason to read the Bible is because you really think Jesus is wonderful. And you're really interested in knowing him more. You're really interested in seeking him and finding him. Even when you don't feel like it. I'd say especially if you don't feel like it, it's a good idea. If, if you know cognitively you want to follow Jesus with your life. Because there's no better way to hear from God than to hear the Spirit of God speak of Jesus in Scripture. So we're going to end with Psalm 27.4 again. And uh, we're going to switch it up. I'm going to invite you to stand as I read it. And we'll read it together. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Now, remain standing, and I just want to point out one thing. He says one thing. He says one thing I ask, but look how many things he asked. <laughs> that I'd spend my whole life living in God's presence, but not just to be with him. To, I want to really look at him. I want to see his beauty. That's his second ask. And then his last ask is, and to seek him. And if you notice at the beginning, he said, this is what I seek. This is his ask. So it's not a check the box. It's a engage the process. It's a start living this kind of life. I just want God and I just want more of him. So let's continue standing as we pray and reflect and as the worship team comes forward. Father, this is our ask that we would seek you and find you and that in our doing, whether it's our work, whether it's our service, whatever we do, that would, more and more, that would become part of our seeking, part of our following you. Forgive us for seeking other things because I did this week and I think all of us do. Show us how good the life is that you're inviting us into, life with you. Persuade us again of the usefulness of following you. It's not a two-story life where we're disconnected from reality when we worship you, when we go to church. It's all connected to you, Father. In all of that, may, may we see and love Jesus supremely.